Hello and welcome to the Behavior Project, a podcast where we explore ideas to help you make better choices and decisions at work. I'm your host Shyam Sadasivan, a behavior science geek and a passionate curator of stories from people doing what they love. In this podcast, I talk about shifts in human behavior, bring in learnings from leading academic research, and offer you practical actions you may consider for yourself. For more information or to get in touch with us, please visit thebehaviorproject.com. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Behavior Project podcast. I'm delighted to welcome Ketan Krishna to this episode. Ketan and I have been talking about HR people and the ongoing pandemic and the challenges therein uh, for quite a while now and I'm really excited to have him join us today. Uh, Ketan, hi, uh, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Sham. It's a pleasure to be uh, here and uh, yeah, I've loved the conversations that we had about COVID and the change and the uh, behavioral sciences in HR. Thank you so much for having me. Welcome. I'm going to start with a bit of an intro and I'm going to pass to you to hear a little bit about, you know, how you started your career and uh, how you made your choices as you moved along. Um, I have a copy of your book in my hand right now and it's called Extraordinary 51 Surprisingly Simple Ways to Get Extraordinary Results, an action book by an ordinary guy. I'm also going to read a little bit from the back, which describes you. It says, Ketan Krishna is an ordinary guy with extraordinary dreams, a small town boy, an HR practitioner, a coach, an author, and a speaker. Ketan has been helping organizations take care of its people. I, I love the way you describe the role of HR. Having served more than 25,000 people until now, Ketan is on a mission to transform lives by helping the ordinary become extraordinary. He works with employees, managers, and leaders, helping them deliver extraordinary results. First of all, I find the, uh, the, the context, the concept, and the way you've presented this idea extraordinary in itself. So let's start by, you know, how did this all begin? How did you, you know, uh, how are you in HR today? And what has led you to write this book? All right, Shram, thank you so much uh, for, for a mention of the book. Of course, uh, it, it's a uh, it's a dream come true for me. And uh, once I've done that, I realized this is just the start. Uh, a little bit about me. Uh, I, I'm an ordinary guy with extraordinary dreams. Uh, and I come from a very small town, a place where I've seen life at best ordinary. My, my childhood was a childhood with, uh, uh, with a lot of limited resources, at times life without electricity, without water. In fact, even English education was a, a privilege for, for that we were looking for. Uh, I remember kids from my town, uh, parents would ideally send them out, send them to uh, a different city, a better city to get education, uh, especially English education. And uh, their aspirations were, were like uh, that kids should uh, get, get a job, uh, settle in, get married, have kids, uh, manage a comfortable life, nine to five job, and, and possibly in the process, save something for their retirement. So this was expected from somebody like me who's been ordinary with not much of a talent and was okay, happy-go-lucky uh, out there. And honestly, uh, in those part of the world and those times, uh, the philosophies of happiness and purpose were not non-existent. It was about straight, cutthroat, go. Uh, you get educated because you have to get a job, because you have to do A, B, C, D, E, things in life. And that's, what the, that, that's the outlook that uh, I was conditioned to. Now, uh, life took its own direction, ups and downs. There were moments that I started getting extraordinary results for myself. 
And I've worked with a lot of people who got extraordinary results for themselves. Now, the, the, the fundamental thought that came to me was when I, an ordinary guy, can get extraordinary results for myself, every single person out there who believes who is an ordinary guy should get this opportunity and have this belief to get extraordinary results. Now, that also, apart from my uh, profession as my, uh, being an HR practitioner, I started coaching because coaching gives me this power to impact lives, to help ordinary people realize their extraordinary dreams and the results that they can get. You know, there's this famous saying that we are born ordinary. That's not a choice, right? But living ordinary is a choice. We all need to and have an opportunity to do extraordinary things. So that inspired me to do something about it. Now, for somebody like me, uh, you know, uh, I don't know if you can relate to this, but most of the uh, events or family functions or even, even till college and postgraduate days, you, when, when there is a social gathering, uh, somebody would ask, stand up and say, hey, why don't you showcase your talent? I was the guy who would sit and clap the most because I did not have any visible oh, yes. talent at that point in time. That used to hurt. Yes, okay. That used yeah. to hurt. Yeah, right? I am telling this today, but that mm-hmm. used to hurt. I will be like feeling like, okay, why have I been deprived of these natural talents? Now, that's that's how the mind was working at that point in time, Sham. And from there to come in the 2% of people in the world who have written a book, yes, I wanted to do it. And this is also my point and a message to each one of you. If I can do it, each one of you, uh, you can do it. Uh, was it difficult? Yes, it had its challenges. We know when we're working in, in full capacity, life has its own demand. But when, when I set my goal to it and say, I got to do it, I went ahead and just made it happen. Of course, coaching helped. My coach was able to understand me, a lot of beliefs about me, which, which we'll talk later, uh, that I was able to understand and go ahead and make this a success. So that's that's in a nutshell what and how this book became a reality for me, what a What a fantastic story. I mean, we've spoken about this before and this journey of yours, the way you've described it, the ways you, the words you use, it's always made me wonder about that uh, quote about, you know, our leaders born or made uh, and the eternal debate about nature versus nurture. Uh, are you born with the talent or you, uh, you know, uh, try to grow and uh, develop skill that gets you somewhere? And that uh, statistic of uh, 2% of book writers in the world is, is, is a fantastic one. So let me take you back to the, uh, to the orange, origins of, uh, of your career. You know, uh, did, you, did you always want to be in HR? How did it all begin? Huh. Okay, so uh, MBA and HR in my part of the world when I was growing up was unheard of. Uh, the, the only three choices that uh, I'm aware of, I was at least aware of at that point in time was you could be a doctor, engineer, or you have to try and aspire for UPSC. Fourth option. Oh, I see. You got, you, you got uh, sorry to interrupt, but sorry to interrupt, uh, Ketan, but you had one more option than I did. I, I had only doctor engineer. <laughs> I think we came from very, very similar so, uh, backgrounds there. So I, yeah, I completely I, relate. Please, please carry on. Right. Yeah, and and yeah. the fourth one, of course, was either you had enough money, you didn't need to work or you chose to enjoy life. So, so I'm not, but as a choice for ordinary people, uh, where a family and, and, Father was putting everything what it takes to, to ensure that we are getting taken care of, and mother was putting everything to take care of ourselves, uh, to for 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 the kids. Uh, these are the three choices that existed. 
I don't know, but but for of all, when I whatever I understood about what these role in curtail, uh, because I had family full of all three uh, uh, set of people. Uh, so I had thirty uh, percent of people in my family is doctor, thirty percent is engineers, and we balance thirty thirty five percent the as UPSC and, and actually in the administrative services. Now, when I looked at each one of them, somehow the doctor thing resonated with me. and i made the choice uh, with that dream i landed up in delhi in, in year 1999 uh, delhi used to be the uh, place where uh, people from small town would come and prepare for mbbs or engineering and my brother was also there so so i landed up there uh, after my 12th and i gave it a year i prepared for a year and uh, i i couldn't get through i i remember i got to one college but that was like a paid college and when i did my maths and found out that the roi of the money that i had put off for the admission i my estimate said i would have taken at least 10 15 years even to recover that so that was part aside didn't go that route i said okay why don't i give it another shot so prepared for another year the the last paper of the second year you know i i was fairly certain that i'm not going to become a doctor this year again because when you come out of that exam there are times when you know you it's not going to happen okay and uh, with a mindful of excuses explanations reasons saying that this was a very tough competition and and if i remember there were some 3 3 and a half 4 lakh people who would apply and for some thousands seats now with all those i i i was blaming everything on everything are external and uh, i said ordinary people like me are not meant to clear these exams or become doctors and all and and i came back to my pg yeah yeah uh, and and an uncle of mine yeah. uh, can i yeah sorry carry on yeah and there i had an uncle of mine and this is somebody who has the record of cracking the most difficult exams in the medical Uh, entrance side and so there were exams which had just two three seats and some th- millions and millions of people and who just go ahead and crack it now he was helping me he was coaching me he was mentoring me and uh, but i came back and i said not going to happen i'm not going to become a doctor i need to make a choice and i went uh, i vented out all the excuses that i had in my head and i'm using this word excuse you will realize and understand why i'm so uh, reinforcing this word again and again so he heard me he heard me for 5 minutes 10 minutes 15 minutes and then when i was done when i expressed myself vented out he asked me one question and honestly that was the turning point of my life here's the question he said ketan how many seats did you need the answer was simple the answer was one right i i didn't respond Indeed. to him <laughs> Yes. but it hit me hard mm-hmm. i i i i actually went back to my pg for a day or two i was just been thinking of the question that he has asked now for me that question connects back to what uh, if a, a lot of uh, i think we we have seen mahabharata bharata and we have heard about mm-hmm. stories you remember arjun is uh, when guru guru dronachary is training all his uh, pupil and then uh, Uh, he asked yes, questions from of course, everybody. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and Arjuna is the only one who yes, sees the yes. eye of the bird. We talked about focus. We talked yes. about that one single thing that you want to do and stay focused. You don't care about the world. I think that's a message that I got that day. Mm-hmm. I got the message that the world will continue moving at the pace it is supposed to be. It is not going to wait for me or you for or for that matter anybody. 
we have to go ahead and make that happen and get that result now that rewired a lot of thinking in me i had to come out of excuses and look at how do i achieve what i want to achieve like from why it didn't happen to how do i make it happen was a shift that happened now same guy this ordinary guy 3 years later so what i did is i continued in delhi university i decided to go ahead with zoology i wanted to do PA, still wanted to become a doc doctor but the phd kind of doctor yeah. with, uh, with the research thing you know but 3 years later i was the gold medalist in north campus in my college that was the first bright and uh, extraordinary result moment for me not only this i went i through merit on merit i got into the best and the best msc courses in india now that too for, for somebody who was not able to clear a lot of results i think these changes were extraordinary yeah and mm -hmm. i also decided to make a shift in my career i didn't go ahead with msc i decided to actually pursue uh, mba i spoke to my uh, the coach of mine and my father conversation and realized that okay i need to change line while there is a very interesting story of uh, of why i changed my line sham uh, i don't know if if yes if yes yes yeah I... yeah please sorry Yeah, I, I was just going to. I'm sure that story is really fascinating. <laughs> but I, you know, before we lose the chance to reflect on what you've already said, I just wanted to take a moment to reflect on your change in mindset from being probably feeling helpless, making excuses, to actually doing something about it. And a couple of things you said really, really kind of struck a chord with me because they are very deeply rooted in science in the sense that uh, we may not actually be uh, aware of when we actually you know go through these experiences. for example when you said you had you know i had a couple of choices you know as a doctor and engineer were the only choices available to me and i largely made the choice to engineer because i couldn't stand the you know stand the sight of blood i think we share that uh, that emotion um and you had a uh, three choices you know reflecting i'd love to hear your thoughts on this is also reflecting on these choices that were made available to us i feel that you know our families and our situations did good for us because it's proven that having choice overload of too many choices i mean when you are 14 years old and you don't know what you're doing and you don't know what you want you need help in focusing on to a few things so that uh, having an unlimited uh, set of options i don't believe is a is a very good thing for a 15 16 17 year old uh, at least in our late uh, teens so i i i really believe that our families and our situations were you know drove us into uh, focusing on something quite uh, Uh, uh that drives us for the for the long term and of course the story with your uncle is absolutely fantastic what a what a brilliant phrase to say how many seats do you need yeah. um you know i've i've shared with this you this with you before i mean even working on this podcast and a few other social media work that i've been starting to do uh, you know i just need one person to kick off my podcast if only you had given me that advice much earlier kethan i would have been running with this much <laughs> earlier <laughs> no glad and and i think it's a very important i have never thought on the point on choices sham but when you're speaking about it i think it makes sense and uh, it makes complete sense and and actually you're right i i have never looked it from that reference but uh, when we have uh, unlimited or too many options yes i think the confusion increases but thank you i think i think that's mm -hmm. something that i really pick up and i would like to definitely dwell uh into this concept and human psychology more of why choices makes better but glad that you spoke about that it definitely uh it's it's something that i uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. 
th- thank you for uh, kind of sparking that thought and i know and i'm very conscious that i that i interrupted you uh, from one fascinating story to the next and i'm sure the next one's going to floor us completely <laughs> you were going to uh, continue and tell us uh, why you moved from this line to mba and eventually hr so so what happened there ah uh. Okay, so uh, a lot of people uh, find this reason to be possibly not very true, but uh, that's what has worked. And uh, for for people who are listening, I did that because I had to get married, and uh, so so I was in love uh, right right during my college time. Okay. Uh, I I found uh, my lady luck and my lady love, and uh, we there was a connect that we built with each other. Now coming from uh, the similar place where I belong to, and and you know when. the from the place that i come education is not the uh, the at its best phase so there are thinking process different where one of the biggest thought that parents have is to get their daughters married till a particular age now what i realize is that if i was going to take that route of phd or this route of uh, pursuing uh, masters and then post graduate uh, and and doctorate and all in the subject that i wanted to their parents wouldn't have waited her parents wouldn't have waited she would have got married somewhere else for sure so i needed to establish myself from a career point from an earning point and get into something which is sub- substantial to beat or be equal to a doctor right so i couldn't be a doctor i think had it been a doctor engineer or upsc aspirants i think it was given the marriage was on the card but that was not happening uh and so so i changed my line because i had a purpose i had a reason the single biggest priority that i had at that point of time was to get married to the love of my life that happened right we we've been together for many years we are here we have two wonderful kids of amazing life brilliant life we've enjoyed the moment but that time that is that movement my only and the biggest reason anything that i wanted to do was not lose her and so i changed line i again my coaches in form of my father my uncle they help i think I, i've got a lot of people who help me resonate my thinking and help me make a choice and a decision but that just worked and i went ahead and uh, did that in fact the the second part to this one is uh, that same uncle of mine so when i was doing this and when i was applying to colleges uh, i applied to every single college i was thinking of applying to every single college in the which would give an mba course but again this coach of mine the uncle of mine asked a question uh, and in fact told me that don't have a plan b if you do that your mind will become comfortable you will end up with the easier colleges and options and honestly he was right there he said if you have to make it if you have to make it big just apply to the college which are the best and just go ahead and make it happen and it worked so i have a philosophy and a belief that uh, you don't need to have a plan b and don't have a plan b in your life plan b is is usually it, if there is a plan b it is about the way to reach that destination can be different but don't shift your destination don't run for a shorter destination or a goal if you do that 99.9% you will land up with the plan b so these two combine went ahead it happened and yeah uh, cat happened landed up with good business school or business school in the top 10 that i shortlisted for myself and uh, got into corporate and uh, human resources is is a profession that i got 
you you've got me uh, completely floored by this i've been quiet because i've just been absolutely floored by your story i mean i and again you are uh, uh giving us so much to chew on um the, the 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 response i have really to this fascinating story and i am very very happy for you by the way happy for you guys that you know it worked out this way um the 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 the, the one reaction is you know people talk about you know following your passion and trying to find what you like to do um and i'm going to complete this thought and ask you to comment on this actually because we hear a lot of you know spend your early years trying to find something you like doing and finding your passion but here you are saying that you made a career choice for an intensely personal decision uh, to move something forward in your life that had you know probably you know nothing to do with your job really or your career or your chosen path in at work so my my question to you is you know do you would you be of the mindset that you start doing something and then you find the passion in it possibly or do you find something and then you kind of know that you know this is what you don't want to do with the rest of your life which which way do you think you go okay i, I think kapsham this is possibly the fundamentally the biggest uh, and the most important question of human race and i'll share you uh, with you uh, i'll share my views on this one uh, one i i believe that uh, this process of discovery and finding the purpose and the passion is is an ongoing process now even for me uh, after a large part of my career and life i realized that coaching is something that i'm really really passionate about so uh, finding your passion is extremely important uh, i and i remember one of my boss uh, who who did a lot of research on happiness said that one of the thing that you definitely should do in your life is do something that you're passionate about something that makes you feel good now my concept and my philosophy here sham is our core of life is happiness now if we are happy we are super productive unfortunately we have always been trained the other way around that success will give you happiness a will give you happiness b will give you happiness this person will give you happiness color will give you happiness height will give you happiness it doesn't happen one of the biggest reasons for, uh, or the source of happiness is in internal and passion is a great thing now covid times a lot of people i know are going through a difficult time but because i pursue few things that i'm really passionate about i'm really enjoying this particular time i'm enjoying this conversation enjoying this time because it makes me feel happy and when i'm happy i'll do more of it i will do repeat that uh, activity and i will be super productive and far uh a uh, super productive about what i'm doing and nothing can stop me from getting extraordinary results mm-hmm. on that so that's that's on part one now coming to second uh this is this is my fundamental belief is that we would not and we cannot get passion is in in everything we do that's the hardest reality of life there are few people where and if you look at the ikigai models there are few people who are able to pursue their professional passion come together i think it's it's a great movement but it will not happen always so my second belief there is when passion fails action will get you results so combination of these two in my view is fundamentally the most important thing that you would uh, do uh, one should do uh, so we won't get passion in everything in life that's my philosophy but have your passion and second when passion doesn't work action is something that is going to get you results uh, in fact i when i was going through my coaching process this is the concept and the framework that i developed is that the 
you know, if I write pass on, you know, if you can write pass on P A double S, and then there is a space, and then you say on. Yes. You put an I in between. Okay. And it becomes passion. I see. I see. I see. Got it. Got it's it. Internal. That's an interesting formula. Yes. Internal. Yes. Introspect. Yes. Look within. Find mm-hmm. it. But yes, there would be work. In, mm-hmm. We we were. Uh, my first conversation in Aditya Birla Group was with uh, the. Uh, Conversation was with the chairman of Aditya Birla Group because the program was sponsored by them, and one of our trainees in the group mm-hmm. interns asked him and other leaders that I get bored. Eighty percent of my work is repetitive, and they said, uh, uh, "Same here. Mine is also." But uh, do your best uh, and and figure out way how to keep your days productive, happy, and then go ahead and get it done. So you'll always not get things mm-hmm. that you love, but uh, give your best. Uh, that uh, you know, there's the saying that uh, if if life gives you a lemon, make the best lemonade out of it. Yes, go ahead and make the lemonade. So, on, on, along these lines, I I know that you uh, do mentor, coach, um, and 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 support employees, and I know you do quite a lot of coaching and share quite a lot of your uh, kind of coaching journey and experiences in in social media. So, could you uh, tell us a bit about that, and you know, particularly around helping people find their kind of I, and um, like you mentioned, even Ikigai earlier, right? And and that moment from Japan where it's all about finding your purpose. You know, why do you why do you wake up in the morning? Yeah. You know, why do you want to wake up and do something, and why do you choose to do something? So, could you tell us about your coaching journey and how you help people with that? Sure. Uh, so, so coaching. Uh, I, I got trained. I got certified uh, some four, five years back. But I and I, I, I didn't formally practice it. I actually started using uh, the learnings from there in my day-to-day managerial capability, and it, it was magical. Uh, but I, 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 I did not do that. I didn't take action. I was again in my head, waiting for that perfect moment when I'll start coaching. Now. Uh, Last year, I got a recertification done, and uh, I realized that I have been missing on action. So that was the moment I decided that I need to make an impact to life. I need to make an impact to people who are in kind of a similar position I was some time back and add value to their life. That inspired me to coach people. Uh, that recertification helped me understand a lot about myself, and and in fact. Uh, I, I I can tell you, and uh, even when we are there on air, and uh, I, I've started expressing myself far more in, in in public forums, and that has given me a lot of strength. Also, is that uh, I I realized that I was carrying some very strong beliefs about myself, and these beliefs were more in terms of uh, they had a negative context to it in terms of they were holding me back. Now I realized during that process that I have been for a large part of my life for more than thirty years. Have been thinking that I'm not good enough, and I lack confidence. And uh, if you meet people who have seen me a year before, they will describe me as a person who would run away from any social gathering at the drop of a hat. Because, and and I was run away saying that I'm an introvert, but the problem was not about introvert or extrovert. The problem was somewhere in my head, this belief and this under confidence that I'm not good enough. I do not belong here. I can't express. I have reached, and and, and I, I'm nowhere in my life, or actually there in my head, haunting me. And when I went through this process, Sham, I realized that something happened when I was seven, seven and a half year old. Mm-hmm. 
Now that story, this is how powerful our brains are. Now that seeding, and then it continued and continued building. And there were instances that I start searching in my life to prove myself that I'm not good enough. Actually, had been holding me back. Now from there to writing. So did you, uh, uh, Ketan? Did you did you did you uh, go back? Uh, in your life, and and look at where it all began. Did you address the source of this belief? No. Okay. So so uh, there is a way to do it. I I think there are science which talks about that. But the 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 part of coaching that I enjoy is coaching focuses on future. See, nobody we would have experiences in mm-hmm. our life. Every single of us would have mm-hmm. these beliefs. The awareness was super powerful. Okay. We would all have it, mm-hmm. however, situation. Because if we are going to experience life, we would our brains would process things how we want our brain supposed to process it. Exactly same re- situation. Two people experience things differently. So this is going to happen. But that awareness and process of identifying these was super amazing. It changed. Now I can't change the past, but I can change the belief that I carry. There are multiple ways. Uh, the affirmation that we talk about in meditation is a powerful way. Writing them down is a powerful way. Expressing and accepting that is a powerful way. Now, for me to actually say this when your podcast is going to reach uh, thousands and millions of people and telling this, I don't have an inhibition now because in my mind I know I'm good. I know I'm confident. Now, because I have, I have these beliefs, the other things are actually becoming a matter of past. These changes, however, do not happen overnight. I had to for the last seven, eight months. I've been working on it. I have a long journey to go. These beliefs still hold me back in certain areas, but I've identified a process of how to one be aware of what it is and then solve for it. Be aware and solve for it. And these are just five, six that I spoke about. We would have at least thousands and ten thousands of these beliefs that we carry. They come out in different situations. now this power of identifying them and changing is something uh, is 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 what i love about this coaching and the process of coaching that i subscribe to super powerful life changing game changing i've seen it for myself i've seen it for people that i coach it is absolutely stunning i i i love the uh, focus on action and a and a eye on the future um and i know that this is super important from even the work i do on leadership and development saying you know you have certain beliefs you need to get over them but you get over them by addressing you know the future and what action you're going to take so let's look at um, you know we are coming up to the end of our conversation but i'd love to finish with some real live examples of how you've seen this kind of manifest these uh, belief systems changing and how have they manifested in great leadership and i know you have tons of stories so i'm going to you know ask you to talk about where you have seen uh, leaders being that highly self aware and taking action and actually doing things that may not necessarily be very comfortable to do but they have to do them to get over their beliefs and to make an impact so let's um, you know conclude our time together with a with a story could you could you maybe tell us about uh, some great uh, an instance of great leadership or great manager behavior uh one that comes to me when you ask this question is again uh, one of the leaders who asked question which fundamentally shifted a lot in what i was going through at that point in time and i've been fortunate as i said to have a lot of them who are there in my life they have asked the right questions and important questions and i i i chose to answer 
and be aware of where they're coming from because uh, they have every single time changed my life. Now, this, this, this goes back to one of my companies and I took a new role. I took a new assignment, very challenging, very, very purpose-driven business. I was loving it. I got into it. I realized that the opportunity to deliver functionally was humongous. This was IDFC Bank. Uh, so, so I joined the rural division and to take care of the uh, HR for the rural division. Now, I literally did four or five people's job. I just made it happen because that was one gap that I identified. The, this, this was, uh, for me, it was a change because prior to this, I was managing a 24-25 member team. And now I chose choose a role which is an individual contributor role and which is demanding and I'm delivering day, day out and loving it. But I was not able to get through to their circle, in, into, into that business circle for initial few months. And I was, I was wondering why is it happening? I would try that, but I'll be sent back. I will try getting into that. I'll come back. I'll work more and deliver more. But for some reason, it was not working out. So one day I said, I'm done. I went to my functional boss, my functional manager and said, boss, I'm done. This is not happening. I know you got me here with the reason. But despite delivering everything, everything, and he knew what I was doing. I am not able to get into this circle. Now, this is concerning. I don't think so. I belong here. And that was almost like a decision that I had, a choice that I had made in my mind. Now, this, this boss of mine, a brilliant leader, a guy that I look upon to, again, you know, there's these questions that the leaders ask. And uh, he asked me a question saying that, Ketan, today, if you quit, how many people from your business are going to do whatever it takes to retain now, zero was an answer and it hurt me like anything. While I thought I was doing enough, I was still mentally battling. I was thinking that I will just do some functional stuff and get into it. I was not getting into it. I was not dealing with them from my heart. I was dealing with them from my head. I was The reason they were resisting was because I myself was resisting. And this awareness was super powerful. Went ahead, changed his thought, started doing a lot of heart-to-heart -heart interaction and conversation, and magic started to happen. And I tell you, when I quit, when I left that business, I had to do that. I had some choices that I had to make for myself. Every single person, stakeholder that I worked with, even till the last day, continued to tell me, what can we do so that you stop? We cannot carry on and continue without you. Now, that's the kind of relationship and that's the kind of position I was able to build in the next two years because of that question. And one reason, one single fundamental reason was I started to deal with them from my heart. I, I kept my head aside, functional side aside. Functional was expected out of me. But for me to get into that, I had to give my heart to that business and to people and to commitment and the change happened. So this, this was a very, very powerful movement for me. And from then on, I think I've started I've decided not to wear any mask for myself. It doesn't work. I have to be who I am. And this is what I tell my team also, be who you are. And you know, this philosophy, most great workplaces talk about that. Do you feel, do you do your best every single day? Do you feel your best every single day? So powerful, so powerful. That's, that's, that's a story that I had to share with you on this question of yours. Great, Ketan. Thank you so much. As uh, as with every conversation with you, I'm I'm kind of buzzing with ideas for the future. And some of the highlights today, just to summarize, are 
taking action, you know, looking at the future. And I'll quote something from your book where you say you believe that employees should take charge of their career and growth first before over relying on organizations. So even though you have given us so many stories of great mentors, your uncle, your managers, your leaders have led you with fantastic questions and prodded you in the right direction. Ultimately, taking action is in our plate and we need to do what's necessary. So thank you again for inspiring us and making the time. And uh, most of all, thank you for coaching others and sharing your uh, experiences and ideas with them in their journeys. It was fantastic having you with me today, Ketan. And I'm sure we'll continue our conversation again later as well. Thank you. Thank you so much for bringing out such interesting questions. And I, I am glad I'm able to help you on this mission to reach out to a lot of people to help them make a change in their life and just closing with my favorite statement start small but smart, start now that's the most powerful action question that i re- ask everybody that i coach start small but start now so uh, thank you closing with that thank you ketan and then for all our listeners extraordinary is out on amazon by ketan krishna please check it out bye thank you ketan goodbye